On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got to have one of our most listened to guests, Addie Gulia from Grace and Stella on the podcast. We just had an awesome conversation all about a little bit about goal setting, a little bit about mindset, a little bit about sort of these things that we, you know, these mental loops that we get stuck in, the ways that we're not as effective as we wish that we were, really just an awesome conversation. One that I'm probably going to listen to over again because I really enjoyed it that much. Uh, You guys are not going to want to miss this one. Hey guys, this episode, we want to share about one of our partners, ClearCo. Just because you're profitable does not mean that you have money for growth and ClearCo solves this problem. There are so many options out there for you that they can help you with. And because you are a listener to this show, you actually get a thousand dollars off your next ClearCo funding round. So go to clear.co slash partner slash upgrowth dash commerce. Yes, that is incredibly difficult. Let's try that one more time. Clear.co slash partner slash upgrowth dash commerce. If you are a mid seven figure brand and above, listen up. Are you struggling with ads this year? Uh, How about growth in general? What about profitability? Supply chain issues got you down? You are not alone. As a brand owner myself, I totally get this. iOS 14 has ravaged many smaller brands. The good news, our clients at Upgrowth and the brands that we own have not been touched. Don't get me wrong. We had to fight to figure out how to advertise effectively in a post-surveillance ad world, but we learned some incredible lessons along the way, and we want to share some of those lessons with you. So go to www.upgrowthcommerce.com grow to apply for a free growth plan today so we can show you what is working in a post iOS 14.5 world. Again, that is www.upgrowthcommerce.com grow. Now on to today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. I am joined again by uh, one of our most listened to guests, if not the most listened to. Uh, I was actually chatting with uh, Silas, our podcast manager before this, and he said it was the most listened to episode so far, uh, which is just absolutely amazing. I hadn't confirmed the numbers yet, so that's why I'm saying one of the most listened to episodes. So we decided to bring him back because it was just that impactful to a lot of people that were listening. And same for me. I, you know, I feel like this, you know, pre-conversation that we've had uh, before we've gotten on here really highlights why these kinds of conversations are so incredibly important. And I'm really looking forward to getting into this conversation that isn't just about, you know, tactics of how to scale up a company and make money and, and those sorts of things, but really live a life that's actually worth living uh, while still running a business. And I'm super excited. So without further ado, Addy Gulia from Grace and Stella. Addy, welcome back to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Hey, thank you, Jordan. Pleasure to be here. And uh, I had a great time last time, so I'm, I'm glad to join you again. Absolutely. And it's super nice to be interviewing somebody that's like so close. If I were to take a plane from where I am, it'd probably be like a 15 minute plane ride or something. It's pretty close. Uh, there is water in between us. You're on Vancouver Island and I'm just outside of Van. Right. But it's just nice to chat with somebody who's close. So for people who didn't listen to the last episode, and guys, I really recommend going back and listening to the first episode that we have that we recorded and really getting in, into that one and then listening to this one. But you, you can go back and forth either way. So for people who don't know anything about you, just tell 
tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've been an entrepreneur for, gosh, it's been seven years now. And during that period, I've had three businesses. I'm currently running one of them and in the process of exiting it. And over the course of the last five years that I've been running it, you know, I've employed probably 25 to 30 people in total. And uh, it's just been quite the journey because the brand that I'm running is not something that I had ever intended to build. It's a beauty brand and I don't use beauty products. Now that surprises me, Addy. Oh <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know, yeah, and you know, my goal initially was the what is generally the goal of a lot of entrepreneurs, which is they set out to seek financial independence. I think you know to kind of live in the world and go about your life, it is a very heavy burden to have to rely on somebody else for an income. Mm-hmm. And while that's okay for a lot of people, and there's nothing wrong with that, I just felt that for me that was kind of just a you know non-negotiable. I just knew I had to kind of build something on my own that I could. Control. And uh, that is what initially was the impetus. And now that I've, you know, had a little bit of experience under my belt, and I'm, I just turned 34 actually four days ago. My happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, my mind has been very occupied with, you know, it just can't be about building a beauty business. You know, this just can't be about scaling up, you know, one digit after another. I really have to figure out what it is that I want to do with my time. Because, you know, when you're in your 20s, you can afford to experiment and launch totally. a winter here and there. But as you approach your mid 30s and 40s and beyond, you really got to evaluate what it is that are deep interests, your passions and, and go with that. And the thing that has always been of high interest to me has been how, you know, the mind work. I've always had a deep fascination with, you know, the fact that all of us are born with limbs that are basically the same, but there are certain people that have just outstanding results. They're kind of the outliers and what it is that propels those people and sets Mm. them apart as opposed to all the others who are kind of struggling with, you know, incrementally growing their businesses. And to me, it's all about, you know, how, what's going on in the mind. It's never about technique and what to do and the best hacks and method to follow. When I hang around my, you know, entrepreneur friends who are super successful, the only thing that separates them is just how they view the game and how they view their own business and how they view themselves. Mm. While the majority of people are out there looking to get the best marketing tactic or the best, you know, way to uh, get more leads, these guys are focused on really, you know, what I would consider the larger issues, which is related to what they believe they can accomplish. Why is it that they're not at 100 million already type of thing? And so when those kind of things came together for me, I thought, you know, it would be best to exit and get into something where I have more of an opportunity to work closely with entrepreneurs, delve into performance related issues. And uh, initially, I want to kind of go into that arena just for fun, because I feel like that would be very joyful to do. But eventually, I'd like to be able to build something that can scale up to a wider audience. So that's a little bit about me what I've done so cool. far and, and where I'm going next. Awesome. Well, I, I'm looking forward to getting into this. It's super interesting, this transition. I feel like I'm, I'm only a couple of years older than you. I'm 36 and going through very similar thoughts in my head of like, wh- what is all of this? Like, wh- what is the point of, of all of this? You get to this point, especially financially, where you're, you're, you know, whatever it is, independent or stable, or you don't really need to rely on external things. And I grew up being pretty poor. Like my dad was a pastor. We just barely ever had enough money. I remember times like people 
dropping hampers off. And like, we just didn't have lots of money. And so I lived a lot of my life trying to gain financial independence very similarly, right? And it's crazy to think, you know, now the sort of position that, that we're in with all of our companies and, you know, things are just a lot more stable. And then it's like, okay, what what's next? You know, what's next? I, I, we just had somebody, you know, sort of in one of our closer circles, 39, you know, get diagnosed with stage four cancer. And I'm like, oh no, there's got to be more. There's got to be more out yeah. there that that is beyond this just making money right. for the sake of making money, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't, and I have never actually seen anything wrong with making money, you know, but when I realized that that objective was going to drive me crazy, you know, essentially I really sat down seriously during COVID and I was like, I've always wanted to build wealth. If you make 10 million, your next goal is naturally a hundred million. If you get to a hundred million, you aim for a billion. If you go to a billion, you aim for 10 billion. Yeah. You know, that's a cycle that will never satisfy you and there's nothing wrong with chasing money but the thing that I realized is you know I've kind of always been very driven and if my drive is tied to money I will eventually run into a problem where I will not feel like I've accomplished enough because mm. no amount of zeros is going to make me feel like I've accomplished enough and so when that really hit home for me that's when I realized rather than chasing money it's way better to orient my mind towards something that that would actually bring a lot of satisfaction because you know it's interesting when you don't have uh, financial resources and when you're just struggling to build up a business in the beginning, you have turmoil. When you do have resources, now you also have turmoil because you're trying to figure out if there's anything else to do. So, totally. so we can't escape the mind, right? Like the mind is always just there present and talking to us and we're never feeling enough about where we are. Yeah. And things just always seem to be out in the distant future. And the scariest thought to me is turning 70 and feeling like, oh, you know, the last 30 years just went by and I didn't really make the most out of it. And so, you know, I think if people are in a position where they have some financial stability, I think they have a really unique and interesting opportunity to figure out what it is that they truly want. Because one of the things that I realized was the only reason that somebody doesn't have what they want is because they don't truly want it. And, you know, I've kind of been in that vicious circle or, or seen at, at least seen people where you know they'll they'll set a goal on the first of January every year, and year after year after year that'll kind of be their wish list that has never come true, but they'll end up with something else. And it's interesting when you discuss the things with them and you explore why is it that you haven't achieved what you wanted to achieve. And more often than not, it's a matter of the person not truly coming to terms. Do I really want to be achieving what I what I'm saying I want to achieve? So see, I think the whole idea of being an entrepreneur really comes down to identifying what it is that truly moves the person rather than mm. chasing success because success will eventually just become a vicious, vicious circle that we keep chasing. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about that cycle and that sort of way that we, you know, as entrepreneurs and, you know, it's mostly, these are mostly founders, entrepreneurs, maybe some CMOs that are listening to this podcast, people who, you know, have, you know, gotten some sort of level of success. And I, and I think that this happens to a lot of us where we get the success and then it's like, we almost feel like we're not doing enough if we're not struggling, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to take this on and then I'm going to take this on. And it is a vicious cycle. Can you speak to that a little bit, Addy? Yeah. You know, I think struggle is almost like a door prize. Struggle is viewed as something that is good. You know, if you're struggling, you can almost feel good about it that at least I struggled, right? Like, but I think nobody wants to struggle. I think one of the fundamental problems that is there is the whole idea of a lot of people think working hard is a mantra, right? Like you must work hard and there's no shortage of people who work hard. Like, you know, people will bust their butt from morning till night and they'll struggle, right? At the end of the day, the only thing that matters is did you get the result? 
result that you were seeking. Yeah. Whether you struggle, whether you worked hard, those things don't really matter at the end of the day. And I think having a stark examination of where somebody really is and why they're not where they want to be without any value given to the concept of struggle or the concept of working hard or the concept of, or all these, you know, kind of intermediary. I think the hard part is really identifying why is it that I haven't achieved what I want to achieve. You know, mm. that is the core question that has been and at the center of what I'm trying to really at least figure out with the people that I'm working with at the moment is struggling is one thing. You can continue to struggle. You can continue to work hard, but you've already been doing that year over year over year. And let's really sit down and evaluate why is it that you're not where you want to. I'll give you a brief example. I have a buddy who's constantly had an issue with his team. He always has had issues managing people. He just says, I don't want to manage people. I just hate it. And that's become his big bottleneck. He's yeah. somewhere in the 10 to $12 million annual range. And if he could only figure out a way to be a better, quote, leader, he would get past a lot of these struggles that he's running into. And upon kind of checking in with him, you know, we, we kind of grabbed a, a bite and just went over some of the things that he's struggling with. What became clear to me was that he doesn't really want to be a, a leader that he says he wants to be. What is more of an interest to him is to kind of preserve the image that he's created for himself as a CEO and a founder. Mm, mm -hmm. And that doing the things that would be necessary to make the changes would actually hurt his self-image. Mm. And I think that becomes an issue for a lot of people that want to make changes within their teams is that there's something that is holding them back. They never come to grips with the truth behind what it is that is actually the case. They, they keep saying, I want to change this. I want to work on this. I want to be a better leader. But the core problem is you're concerned about what the person that you're going to approach is going to think of you. And as yeah. long as that is a concern, nothing else matters because that is what you're trying to preserve. That is what you're focused on. And it's the same thing with people who believe in the idea of struggling uh, is the struggle becomes the goal and it's never really about the end result. Yeah. And so I'd say that that's kind of the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, everybody struggles and, you know, really where the true magic lies is figuring out why am I struggling yeah. and, and, and what's kind of blocking me from getting to where I want to be. So with that example of the friend of yours who's the CEO of that company, how do you help him come to that sort of realization and then figure out whether or not they actually want that or not? Like, right. do they actually just want to keep the, the image? And that's actually the final goal for them is to maintain the image. How do you help somebody try and shift their context that way? Yeah. You know, like a good example that I keeps coming to my head is, you know, you obviously know Elon Musk, right? And when he sold PayPal, uh, he started Tesla and SpaceX. And he's mentioned it often in his interviews that he took all of his earnings and he put them into both the companies. And he knew that they were going to likely fail. And a lot of people look at that and they say, wow, that's very bold. He's willing to take the risk. He's willing to take a big shot. And that's why he's successful. In that case, I don't think it's so much that he's willing to take the risk, but I think it's he has no choice but to do it. Yeah. Addy, that's exactly what I was thinking. For yeah. him, it probably wasn't even a choice. It's just like, of course I'm right. going to do this. Right. Because it's and not it, like money is his end goal, right? Exactly. Like for Elon, it's like he's got all the money in the world. He's the richest. I, I think somebody else actually just surpassed him, but like one of the richest people in the world. What does he care? Exactly. And so one of the big illusions that I feel a lot of entrepreneurs live under is this whole idea of choosing what they're going to do. I think it comes down to what you have no choice over mm. because- if you're constantly choosing to do, if choice was really an effective approach, everybody would choose to be where they want to be. But if you were to look at the reality, everybody is where they can't help but to be. Everybody is where they have no choice but to be. And so in my friend's case, he doesn't have a choice but to appear good because he values appearing good over anything else. Mm -hmm. That is not a bad thing. It's just the realization that you value your self-image and how you appear way more than you value the result that you claim to be 
seeking. Because imagine this, if Elon Musk cared about his perception and about money more than he did about the end goal, he may not have taken those bold bets because he would have been paralyzed with the fear of losing all that money. So the realization that I'm chasing an effect, right? Like if a person is chasing a pleasurable effect, which is to appear good, which is to appear successful, which is to appear as somebody who's kind of made it and the whole status thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think the problem with that is it paralyzes the person in making the most effective decision. The person who does not need that end outcome is more likely to make that end outcome happen, such as a Mm. case with Elon Musk, right? If he felt that becoming a gazillionaire was important, he probably wouldn't risk all that money because he'd be like, you know, paralyzed with the fear. But he had no choice. He, The end outcome of creating a renewable company was just so compelling for him that it was just no, no option for him to but, but, but to go do it. So I think if a person is struggling within their company, whatever the struggle is, they just have to realize that wherever they currently are, that is precisely where they want to be. And their mind may be telling them that they want to have something else. But to me, it's like an illusion because if I go into a meeting, you know, I'll, I'll give you another unrelated example. Like I remember in university, I would go out and socialize with a bunch of my friends. And I remember this one time my my buddy had just come out of a relationship and he was trying to meet girls. And I distinctly remember this because this kind of applies to a lot of things with entrepreneurship. And I told him, hey, why don't you go talk to that girl? And he was hesitant. And then he didn't really go up and start a conversation. And And he was telling me, I really want to, but I'm just afraid. And I remember just asking him, why are you afraid? And he said, if I say something stupid, I'm gonna look stupid. And then my response was basically, okay, so your goal is not to go talk to that person. Your goal is to avoid looking stupid. And that is exactly what you're getting. You are Mm. avoiding looking stupid. And that's because you want to avoid looking stupid. So I think anytime we're running into a problem, the problem is really invisible because we are not looking at where we are. We're always trying to figure out where we want to go. So that's kind of an interesting thing because I think that sort of a problem is is really at play at all times when we're interacting with our close, you know, colleagues or team members, there are always problems at play. There's always things that are holding us back from 10x improvement. And we don't do the things that are necessary to be done because at some level, we're okay with being where we are. Hmm. So is this like a values kind of conversation? Like really actually figuring out like, well, what are these like principles and values that I actually need to start implementing in my life to actually get the outcome that I want? Because I totally get what you're talking about. Like wherever you are, that's just the lagging indicator of all of the things that you did before, right? You did all of these things before. No one made you into this place that you're in, right? Like you're there because of decisions that you made. So is that the antidote to this? Is like really looking and seeing what these actual like values and principles are? Or where do you think that that comes in? Where does actual change come in? I think change comes in when the person actually is honest with themselves about, do I want the change to happen? Mm. Because people don't really change their course until they have no choice. You know, changing is not a choice because if changing was a choice, everybody would reinvent themselves every month. Uh, but yeah. if, if somebody was to evaluate themselves, they'll notice that they're not too far from where they always have been as far as their thinking patterns are concerned, as far as their self-image is concerned, as far as things that they truly deep down believe that they're able to accomplish. They may say one thing, but those underlying factors are at play at all times and they can't truly just be overcome by saying, I'm going to choose to overcome it. I think mm-hmm. 
there has to be some impetus. You know, either the pain of being where you have been has to be too great that you no longer want to be there because the things that you've kind of been agonizing over and the things that you may not have achieved are, are causing you pain where you really just want to go for something. Otherwise, yeah. nobody changes, right? So the one thing that I've discovered is really there's no like technique to make drastic change. Things just come down to what it is that the person truly wants with no kind of clever tactics employed, right? Like what it is that I truly want. Because, you know, I think one of the great apps that I think that could be actually out there is if there was like a GoPro on at, on each individual at all times. And if a per- person was actually able to watch their video kind of, you know, in fast motion. And because we don't we don't ever see ourselves. We're always yeah. seeing everything around us. We're, we're going by our day. And every year we look back and we say, wow, that year went by so fast. Wow, those two years went by so fast. And I've got kids and I look at them and I'm like, wow, like this, this went by so fast. We never see ourselves. Because if we truly saw ourselves and what this person does, like he wakes up in the morning and he has the same thoughts, he has the same conversations, he does the same things over and over again. And then the whole day passes. At the end of the day, they do the same activities. Meanwhile, they have this grand goal in the back of their head that they want to achieve. Their actions are not aligned with what their grand goal is. And that's Mm. not a bad, it is just an insight into how badly do you actually want that goal without any idea that you should want it, but just a stark examination. You know, like I've I've always said that I want this. There must be a reason why I don't have it. Because if it was just a matter of time, if you deep down just knew it was coming, that's a different thing. But if you don't know it internally that it's going to come and your actions are kind of uh, divorced from what the grand goal happens to be, whatever it is, you know, achieving wealth or building a company to a certain size. If you could watch that GoPro video and compare it to the GoPro video of the guy who actually makes it happen, you'd see a pretty stark difference. Mm. And I think that kind of self-awareness is something that's very, very lacking. We, we never truly get to see ourselves as we are. And that's why you have scenarios where somebody has five or 10 years gone and they just look at and say, you know, wow, that went by fast. Yeah. So, Addy, you know, you're, you're getting close to another exit right now. What's next? How do you set your life up? so that it's what you want. You know, in five years, you look back and you're like, okay, this, this is actually what I set myself up for. Yeah, it's a great question, Jordan. I mean, uh, it's, it's one that I am kind of immersed in a lot. One of the things that I realized is the exit just has to happen first because I started driving just myself very insane trying to have a family, trying to run this business and then trying to launch a second venture at the same time. But ideal case scenario for me, you know, I would love to have a company that really is laser focused on founder performance and founder mental health. Mm. I can't think of a source or an avenue that I could have gone to like during COVID, my business was having a lot of challenges. And I just remember, you know, I got a couple of coaches at that time and it was just not effective. I mean, I go and see them, I'd have like a group session with a bunch of other founders and whatnot. And something that truly had a, a meaningful impact would have been a good place to go to for me. And when I asked around my friends who are also entrepreneurs, they were also having challenges and nobody seemed to really know of any place that they could go to where, where some of these things could be understood. So my goal really is to build something that delves into founder issues, founder performance related problems. What are the things that hold founders back as far as being able to accomplish what they want? Because there's no shortage of information, right? Like you can go on Google and find a whole bunch of tips, techniques, and tactics on a thousand different things. But if a person is struggling year after year to get where they wanted to get to, there must be something that's not understood. And and so to me, the idea of building something that doesn't exist as far as bringing more of an awareness to these issues that kind of are plague of founders' uh, day-to-day life, that would be really exciting. And so I 
I'm kind of planting the seeds for that at the moment in terms of just, you know, actually decided to exit the business. I have a few friends that I'm kind of closely working with to see what issues they're facing and almost using that as like a beta program to gather insights from. And so I'm going to just continue to take that forward. And I'll, at some point, I'll probably be launching a podcast. I'll reach out to you and pick your awesome. brain and set that up. But yeah, I think having a company devoted to understanding the issues facing founders is really what I'm towards. Awesome. Awesome. I absolutely love that. Addy, this was just another awesome conversation. So great to get to chat with you. If people want to connect with you and want to learn more, where's the best place for them to do that? Yeah, I think if they Google my name, Adi Gulia, that's A-D-I-G-U-L-L-I-A, I should show up on Twitter and LinkedIn. Otherwise, my email address is A-D-I-T-Y-A-G-U-L-L-I-A at gmail.com. Yeah, so I think for the next uh, little while in 2022, I'm just going to be busy further building and exiting this business. But I love entrepreneurship. I love entrepreneurs. I think, you know, it can't be stressed enough that entrepreneurs really are the creators. I mean, everything that we see around us, right? Like I'm living in a room right now and there's tables and, you know, all sorts of furnitures. These were all created by somebody who once decided I'm going to build a business. Mm. So to me, entrepreneurs are really the heart of society as far as building, you know, everything. So I love chatting with the, anybody who's interested in creating something. So I'd be happy to chat with whoever is interested. Well, thank you again so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Jordan. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.